So my name is Johanna Kepler, and I am the co-founder and CEO of Digital Drip Fashion House. Um, my co-founder is Kyle Sondland, um, who also co-founded Security Token Market, which is separate from ours, but he's now a second-time founder. I'm a first-time founder, and yeah, it's super exciting. We're building a fashion house in the digital and in the physical space. So yeah. it's a digital fashion startup. What exactly is it? And yeah, what value are you bringing with digital fashion and digital drip? Yeah, absolutely. So we are building in the physical space as well as the digital space. And I think it's really interesting because we started this about almost a year and a half ago now. So the market was obviously a lot better for selling NFTs and digital assets. Um, and so we really started by signing on digital fashion designers and having them collaborate with some of our influencers, which I can go into because um, that's a really interesting part of our company. Um, but we kind of have more recently flipped in that we're actually selling physical goods now with a digital counterpart. Um, and so basically people will be getting, you know, a physical like garment, like a sweatshirt or, you know, t-shirt or whatever with a digital counterpart. So if they're not as interested in the whole, you know, I need to get a wallet and mint an NFT and what does this all mean? Um, then it basically just serves as a certificate of authenticity. How was it going from the shift from being fully digital to then incorporating a physical twist? And how? what benefit has that brought for your business as well? I actually have to back up a little bit to get to how we got into physical since there's kind of a little bit of a story behind it. Um, so basically, I actually started as a dancer and choreographer. I went to the University of Michigan School of Music Theater and Dance as a BFA dance major. Um, and so my whole life has been centered around the performing arts. Uh, my dream of being on Broadway, I graduated in 2020 when the entire performing arts obviously was shut down due to the pandemic. And I think that um, a conversation that I've had with a lot of dancers and a lot of artists in general is just that, you know, being a performing artist, that's our life. It's not just our job. And so having that identity taken away from us obviously was a massive shift. Simultaneously, I've also designed fashion my whole life. Um, but when you're being a performing artist, it's pretty impossible to focus on anything else um, as it obviously takes up your entire life. Um, and so I started a podcast called The Power of the Performing Arts um, right when COVID-19 happened. And so for the next six months, I interviewed a little bit over 400 professional performing artists from all over the world. And so that now lives on our website, powerofthe-performing-arts.com. Um, But I think it was really interesting for me to get all these different perspectives of people saying, you know, I've been in the arts for so long or just starting out their careers and kind of where they were. And so because I started in the performing and visual arts and kind of got wrapped up in this whole crazy Web3 world, which I can talk a little bit about, I think I have a really unique perspective on building this company and not just focusing on fashion and not just focusing on the digital aspect and how do we bring in performing artists, interdisciplinary artists, different people into this space. And so that's what I'm really passionate about. And so the way that we started was just doing digital collaborations. So I would have one of our digital designers who, you know, renders in 3D fashion, clothes 3D, and I would partner them with one of our influencers. And so all of our influencers are performing artists in some capacity. 
Um, and so one of the first collabs that we did was between one of our designers and Malik Washington, who is a professional dancer and choreographer based in New York City. He actually won the Princess Grace Award this this past year, so 2022. Um, he's unbelievably talented and has a really interesting story and background as well. So we partnered our digital designer and they made a whole line for him. That's the Malik Washington um, digital fashion line that obviously doesn't exist in real life. But to your point that we talked about on my podcast yesterday, you know, we could do this with almost zero overhead cost in terms of, you know, we didn't have to order the fabric. We didn't have to do all these different fittings this entire line lives digitally online and it's an incredible way to sh- for artists to share their work and show that collaboration um and so that's kind of an example of how we started digitally um and then more recently as you know i think digital fashion is going to continue to grow and expand and i fully believe in the web3 space i fully believe in blockchain being an incredible new technology to really help empower artists Um, But I think right now we kind of switched over to physical, to your point, um, as digital assets hasn't been as exciting to the average consumer and kind of, you know, the question of, well, what is digital fashion? Why is it relevant in our world today if you're not wearing it as a skin in video games? Because obviously the gaming culture is very different, but that's also a niche audience and a niche community. Um, And so we started making (laughs) basically... (laughs) the physical apparel of some of the digital drops that we did based on demand um when you were having the performing art influences um and then introducing them to digital fashion what was their perspective on it and how did they think about this at the start absolutely that's a great question so i think that's something else as that i'm learning as being a first-time founder and ceo is that if you're building in a market in an industry that like we are where we are literally pioneering like this is all very new right the concept of blockchain the concept of nfts the blowing up of digital fashion is relatively new and so we really are creating the market right like we really are building a brand new industry which is very different than if you went into the traditional tech industry, the traditional fashion industry, which obviously, you know, there's a demand for it and you can, you know, figure out how to monetize it and, you know, scale your company. Um, And so I think for me, a lot of my day-to-day job has been educating people about what digital fashion is, what are the opportunities here, why it can be better for the environment. Um, And so for me, because I started as a dancer and choreographer, Um, Even in school, I was never really encouraged to branch outside of my identity as a performing artist. So I was never really encouraged to collaborate with, let's say, a science major or a business major on kind of, you know, learning what could those two or three industries do together. And so that's something I think that I learned when I started my Power of Performing Arts podcast is really educating the full artist you know we're not just a dancer but we actually have to learn how to build our own brand which is what a company is and so you know when you start off as a dancer and you're either in a pre-professional program or you graduate university um, you have to be your own brand ambassador you have to get your own gigs you have to sign to a talent agency you have to 
you know, manage your life, your expenses. If you're a freelance dancer, artist, it's really, really hard because you're going gig to gig and you don't know, you know, how am I going to pay my bills this next time? And so I think for me, I saw a huge opportunity to create new revenue streams for performing artists because, you know, the notion and idea of the starving artist in New York City is, is very real. You know, like I have friends that work two jobs outside of being on Broadway or a touring show because they can't afford their lives. And, you know, the earns aren't backed by the government like they are in Europe. It's a very different system. Um, we all work for nonprofit organizations, um, Broadway, different, you know, big entities like Disney has, you know, a lot of national touring companies. But for me, I think I saw this opportunity of combining my passion for fashion, which is a multi-billion dollar industry, with the performing arts and really getting new voices into the space. Because I think when I, you know, meet people that work in Web3, it's very tech heavy. It's very gaming heavy. It's very, you know, people coming from the traditional fashion industry. But I want to see new voices at the table. And I want to see, you know, what these dancers, what these actors, what these directors and creatives can create in this new embodied version of the internet. And I think, you know, I think we should be here. I think we should be collaborating with different people. And I think that's going to create the most interesting, the most interesting lines, the most interesting ideas. Um, so yeah, I think it's really important. Yeah, I love how unique this twist is that you have on it. And also, I love how you're just exploring an intersection between different industries because that is really what digital fashion is in essence and I think the whole digital fashion community there was ever a place to bring new ideas and bring different perspectives to the table it is in the digital fashion space so I think it's really cool you're doing this and yeah really unique and I love how you have this personal story as the driving force it really like makes me understand your brand more and makes it even more meaningful as well obviously now if you're creating physical garments as well how are you still going to tackle the sustainability issues within that yeah and I think that's a great question um I would say that for us I mean for me also in the sense of everything that I'm doing is a new complete new education for me not only being in the digital fashion industry but I I never went to business school so I never in my life thought that I would be co-founding a digital fashion company. It really fell into my lap. Um, Kyle Sondland is my amazing, incredible co-founder. And he did go to business school. And he also is now a second time co-founder. So I'm really lucky to have him um, to kind of mentor me, honestly, and show me the ropes of, you know, this is how you start a company and this is how you file trademarks and this is how you do this and that. Um, and so something that I've learned is that we've signed on a few different digital designers um, and one of them is really focused on sustainability. And I, you know, as I'm learning in this industry, sustainability with digital fashion, it's not just about, okay, well, you're buying a digital fashion garment, so there's not a physical one that is now taking up space in your closet. But it's also about just from the making of fashion. Like you don't, you know, for example, she was talking, we were having this conversation the other day and she was saying, you know, in Clo 3D or when you render in 3D and then you want to make this in the real world, you don't have to do six to 10 to 20 samples because it's already 
what it should be when it is then replicated in the physical space. And I thought that was really interesting, just in terms of cutting out different processes, not having to use as much fabric. And so that was really, really interesting to me. Um, I think as we move into the physical space, that's a great question because we're doing it on such a small scale right now. And it really is in, I guess what you would say, beta testing. Um, I don't think it's making a huge impact on the environment as we're a very small company. As we move forward and scale and grow, I think that's something that we need to be really conscious of um, and either you know, how do we offset those carbon emissions? How do we stay true to our own mission of being a sustainable fashion company? And I think there's a lot of different ways to do that. You know, I've been listening to different podcasts of different companies who are, you know, moving more green and, you know, how do we make things that are in the United States so you don't have to ship them from all over the world and using all that, you know, bad carbon that comes from all the planes and the boats and everything like that. So I think there's definitely different ways that we'll be looking into continuing to be as sustainably conscious as possible as we grow into the physical space. Really with a fashion brand, yeah, if you're producing something, like everyone always says, if you're producing something physical, then there's obviously a sustainability impact. That's initially why I got into digital fashion was when I saw the impact that it can have on the prototyping process and obviously reduce the samples, like you said, because already if you're a fashion brand and you're implementing digital fashion in this way, then that's already a benefit. And I think you mentioned offsetting. And I think that really is the key with new and emerging fashion brands. If you're wanting to be sustainable, think about how you can offset the impacts and using tools like digital fashion to do this. What's nice about your brand, because it started digital first, you can really go down the on-demand model as well. And that's that's also really cool. And yeah, it's, it's interesting to see how it how digital fashion can be used in these different ways. So it's really cool. There's a few um, digital fashion houses popping up and each one seems to have their own unique twist. But if I was a consumer and I came across Digital Drip, how would I interact with it and how would it work for me? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. So we're actually doing a whole reboot of our website right now. Um, which will be wallet integrated, which is really exciting, which just means that, you know, you can mint NFTs directly on our website if you want to purchase the digital fashion garment. And so I think for me, my vision right now is that we do have a digital store and we also have a physical one. And the reason that we're doing that is to the point before where I really want to bridge the gap between the digital and physical world. And, you know, I've talked to a lot of different CEOs and co-founders of um, digital fashion companies, and we're all kind of saying the same thing, which is the, well, what is it? Like, what's the it of what we're doing? And it's very cool and it's very new and it's very innovative. But when you kind of get caught up and you start spinning in, you know, this is so great, you know, I love building, it's like, okay, but how do we make this sustainable? And how do you build a real business behind what we're doing? Because, that's how we're going to grow the market. You know, I'm an artist first. So all I want to do all day, every day is create and collaborate with artists. And I'm really lucky in that my co-founder is an amazing businessman. And, you know, he always reels me back and says, okay, Johanna, how do we actually monetize what you're doing so that we can get there and so that we can invest in the artist? You know, and I think that's something that we all need to be thinking about is, you know, the what is it? And I think that you talked yesterday about um, AR. And I think that that's definitely the future of digital fashion, because what I'm seeing is that 
the mass majority of people don't understand what it is. It can be scary when you say Web3 and blockchain and NFT, you just totally lose people because if they don't already understand that fundamentally, not everyone is going to be interested in learning about what that is, right? And we don't really have any solid use cases right now on, you know, this is why you need digital fashion. I might want it because it looks really cool and maybe I can have a version that hangs up on my wall or that you see in an NFT TV. And that's really interesting and compelling. But then at the end of the day, that means that it really is just art, right? It's contemporary art, um, which is beautiful and it's amazing. And I think all of these new artists are coming into the space and, you know, Digital Drip, we want to be able to empower these new people. But I think that really going back to the, well, what is it and what's going to make it new and exciting? And so for me, I started bringing professional performing artists in. And when I say performing artists, that's an umbrella of actors, directives, creative directors, choreographers, dancers, musicians. Like that is a whole new group of people that I want to bring into the space, educate about the space. That's like a whole thing that we do with our influencer program is every time we sign someone on, I go through a whole, this is what the metaverse is. This is, you know, very basic. This is blockchain. This is a public ledger. These are nodes. This is how this works, just so that the artist isn't kind of going in blind and kind of saying, well, this is really cool. This is a new cool digital space, but I want them to understand how it works so that they can also build their own brands outside of what we're doing, collaborating with them, because I want them to have opportunities to, you know, be a leading voice and a pioneer in this space, because I think that's really important. Um, I also find that as a performing artist, especially as a dancer, we're often the last to technical technological innovations for many reasons. One, dancers are usually the lowest paid. Two, we usually work for nonprofit companies or freelance that don't have a ton of money to buy a hundred thousand dollar you know suit that can then be translated into the metaverse which is great um but you know there's a lot of barriers and i kind of want to be someone that breaks down those barriers and that creates that bridge and that access for other artists and other voices to come into this space so when you onboard an influencer what is then their role within digital drips yeah absolutely so something I talked about a while ago with my co-founder, I don't know, before we even really started this company was um, the idea of influencer marketing because I actually started in marketing for a large performing arts organization um, a few years ago. And I learned a lot doing that. I was doing social media marketing and general marketing for them. And I thought, okay, well, there's this new emergence of influencer marketing. You know, you send them a product and then they are kind of like the brand ambassadors kind of, I guess, you know, selling and promoting this product. And I said, okay, well, that's really interesting. But how can we kind of redefine and rethink what the influencer is going to look like in the Web3 space? Because it's going to look different because there's new technology. There's new spaces that we're existing in. There's new communities there's new digitally native communities, which are different than the physical consumer. Um, and as I was thinking through this, I said, I would love to start a program within our company that's kind of rethinking what the Web3 influencer is. And so we started this XR Socialite program, which means like 
extended reality and then socialite being like, you know, a cool niche group. Um, and so I said to Kyle, I want to sign on only performing artists and creatives. And I want it to be, I want them to be very collaborative in what we build. So I don't just want to do a one-off marketing campaign with them. I really want them to be integrated into this company, which is why we have only a small number in each, I guess we're going to call them classes. Right now we have 10. Um, and each one of them is doing a collaboration with one of our digital designers and is going to have a line of their own. Um, and so I think my idea behind that was I see a lot in sports marketing, for example. Um, you bring, you know, a sports player in to help Nike brand their new shoe or whatever it is. And, you know, you have this incredible athlete who has built built their own brand and name for themselves and then they market a physical good but doesn't necessarily have anything to do with them, their identity, who they are. And so I think something that's important to me is thinking about the artist behind the art that we create and how can I share those stories um, and how can I build a company where people are really investing in the artist, not just the product and not just the art that we're making. Obviously, influencer marketing influencers are going to look very different in the metaverse and I think it's cool that you're being the first to tackle this and doing it in an authentic way as well because I think there could have been a risk that it could have been done in a very inauthentic way. So, so you have your Web3 agency. Does this include virtual influencers or are these your real influencers that you've made a digital twin of or is this something completely different as well? Yes, that's a great question. So yes, we have Digital Drip and then we have the XR Socialite program, which truly started just as a program. Like I literally got on with <laughs> performing artists weekly and kind of just educated about the new space. We talked about some ideas. I said, well, what are you interested in? You know, what do you, how do you want to grow and build your brand? Who are your audiences? Who are you speaking to? What do you think they would be interested in? Um, and now we have kind of really built out this whole program, which is not a separate company, um, but it's definitely going to be a core division, I would say, of what we're building. And I can't talk a ton about that yet because we're kind of like in the very, you know, I guess stealth stages of not having it public yet. Um, but what I will say is I can talk about someone really interesting that I met um, she is a digital designer in um, Dubai, and she created this avatar called Metacura. And this was the first time I'd ever seen an avatar have their own Instagram page and thousands of followers. And, you know, she'd travel all over the world, but would never really go anywhere because she's an avatar. Obviously, she doesn't exist in the real world. What I thought was really interesting about this is we... Uh, we've collaborated with this artist and she's she's one of our digital designers and um she she started using this avatar this girl as metacura to actually show her digital fashion so to be the model for everything that she's creating um and people loved it and you know i've seen her instagram or socials you know growing and growing and growing weekly um and it's really an interesting concept because she is a digital girl and you know her bio is like you know i'm metacura i'm you know from the metaverse and you know i've come to earth to live in dubai and i think that that's such an interesting concept that we're definitely exploring um and 
I think to have, you know, this person that doesn't really exist, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this person's story evolves and how this person's brand evolves. Um, and I think it's super new and innovative. I've seen other kind of avatar modeling agencies that have done s- similar things. Um, but I think that the successful ones are going to have a really strong narrative and kind of a reason why, you know, not just this is something that looks really cool, but kind of what's the what's the meaning? What's the drive behind it? Yeah, it's funny um, you're speaking about this because a few days ago I was speaking to a master's student who's doing their thesis on virtual influences. And we were speaking about things, we were speaking about like, could you be influenced by this this virtual influencer? Like, do you feel an emotional connection towards them? Just random things like this. And it's a really interesting conversation, especially when you think about yourself, because I think initially your reaction is no, but then the more you think about it, like there are these virtual influences, like you said, with thousands of followers, followers, and therefore they do have influence. So it's like really interesting. But I love with this example that you've said, I feel the thing that stands out to me is I think it's an amazing way for people to showcase their digital fashion work. And if a virtual influencer can be centered around that, I think that's a really positive way for them to be used. Do you think that things like virtual influencers, digital fashion, do you think this will be mass adopted? Um, And who would be the type of consumer who is interacting with these types of technologies, do you think? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I kind of have an example. So we had our first in-person event during Art Basel Miami 2022. So a few months ago, we partnered with Dark Studio, who is a Web3 marketing agency, and then Spatial was our metaverse partner. And <laughs> I'm just laughing because there was a lot of moving pieces. But the essence of what we did is it was called the Digital Trip Experience. We had a little over 300 people attend. It was um, kind of an open art gallery, I guess you could call it. And there was a digital component and there was a physical component. And so that was really important to me in curating what this was going to be. So basically, I reached out to a few different digital artists that my social media team brought to me, either who sent me their portfolios or finding them literally through Instagram. And so at the end, we had 25 different digital artists. And when I say digital artists, I mean, most of them were digital, creating digital fashion. But a lot of them were also just digital artists. So creating metaverse spaces and creating these avatars. And one of them was actually a whole Web3 marketing agency for digital influencers. And so we had this really interesting group of 25 people Um, who were artists who were showcased at this event, um, including Digital Drip as well. And so it basically turned out to be an AR activation where we partnered with Jevils and Zero Ten app, and they had basically a monitor, um, a few mirrors set up, and then a QR code, which would tell you, which could show you, you know, the different like filters that you could use and you could see yourself in the mirror We then had a digital gallery that showcased all 25 artists. Um, So literally just screens that showcased their work and, you know, had kind of their name at the bottom, who they were, social media handles. Um, And then we had the Metaverse Fashion Show, which was very complicated to put together, but we did. And basically we had a few avatar influencers actually walk in a spatial space that we created. So... Spatial gave us a 
space that basically kind of looked like it's actually on our YouTube now. Um, it looked like kind of an art gallery. And so what we did was we had all 25 artists on the wall of that gallery showcased. And then we had a few different models model digital fashion that was done by some of the designers that was then put onto the avatars that we had as influencers. And so that was really interesting because that was my first experience trying to figure out the back end of all of that. Um, and we definitely, you know, had a lot of help from people on our team, um, people that actually know how to render and 3D fashion, which I do not know how to do. Um, but basically what I learned is that the compatibility in terms of files, in terms of getting everything in the right order to be able to go on an avatar is pretty complicated. You know, that's not something that just happens in a few minutes. Um, and, you know, if a file type is not in the right type then okay well now we have to start all over and can you even convert it into the right type or do we literally have to start at square one in the software and build it all out again um so i think that that was one example of really a trial and error that thankfully got pulled together and think i want to thank spatial so much for you know helping us um do that and being our partner and i think that's an example of you know you could watch that fashion show in the oculus but it was also projected literally by a projector onto a huge white wall so that you know at one moment we kind of had everyone quiet and just watch this metaverse fashion show but we were in the physical space obviously watching it so it's really interesting i think it's super new um i think you know i'm sure other companies are doing something similar um but you know the people that came and attended and saw this were completely blown away you know, by that this was possible that we literally put on a fashion show that wasn't a catwalk, you know, that we were sitting at, but was made in a space and was just as compelling and just as beautiful. Yeah, I love how you brought this up because I went to the Digital Fashion Week London last week and it was the first time I'd seen a digital fashion show in physical life and yeah because it's so different to a conventional fashion show and has the ability to go even further and be even more different it is so mind-blowing and yes it is so small this was the first time digital fashion week was in london i think they'd only done it in new york before and then the only other example i've seen yeah is like what you're talking about with spatial and then some other things but all very small and all very yeah not not seen by the masses but it was just so inspiring because it really felt like you're witnessing the future of how fashion weeks will be and also how fashion shows will be. And it's crazy how this digital technology is enabling all of this. But I think experiencing it in the physical world is really what makes you feel it emotionally like and being there. And it really makes you feel connected to it all. And you can really appreciate more the actual artistic skill of what goes into creating 3D fashion and also 3D art because yeah seeing it in real life on a big screen or however you see it um, in virtual production or in a headset you you appreciate it more so I think it's amazing how you brought that up and I think to tie back to what I was asking I think this these kinds of in real life events with digital fashion is what is going to allow it to be accepted and adopted by the masses so I think no. we definitely need to do more of those and it's amazing that digital drip is is doing that so i think it's it's so cool but 
as a kind of final question to you, what do you think the future of fashion is? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, a lot of people ask me this all the time, every day. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think we are building as we go. I think that something that you touched upon that is really important to me and really important to Digital Drip is that bridge between the physical and digital world because I personally do not want to solely exist in an Oculus headset. That's not interesting to me. I think that what's really going to be interesting is that that intersection with digital artists and people who know how to create these unbelievable spaces with physical artists and people that and us that exist in the real world because I think that's something that's really scary to a lot of people um, when I talk to people that are in the traditional fashion spaces oh well I don't you know there's so much artistry and there's so much work and there's so much beauty that goes into creating let's say luxury fashion couture fashion piece um and i don't want to lose that right like i don't want to just exist in this digital space where we're not honoring the history of what fashion is and i get that and i hear that and i agree and i think that you know there's definitely there's a balance i think that you know something that i think a lot about is the power of the performing arts the industry that i come from is that it's in real life. You know, you go into a Broadway show, you're sitting in a proscenium theater and the lights go down and your mouth drops and you cry and you laugh and you experience this thing with other people that is so beautiful and powerful, but you that's the only way you can experience it, right? You can't capture that and then see a video. I mean, you can, but it's not going to have the same effect. You're not going to have the same emotional response. And so... I think that's something that's really interesting that we're working with a few digital artists and people building in the tech spaces. Okay, well, what are embodied ways that you can experience these new technological innovations? Like, how is that through AR? Is that through having a digital installation that also very much you can participate in physically? Um, and so I think those are questions that a lot of different people are trying to figure out and answer. And I think that for me, obviously, we're a digital and physical fashion company. And so I think that it's really important to honor both spaces, both the new emerging digital landscape and this entire history of, you know, physical fashion that we're building on top of. And, you know, how do we bring different voices and different people into this space? That's amazing. I think, yeah, I love what you said, bringing up the emotional connection, because I think that is exactly what digital fashion needs. And I think with the experience that you're bringing from performing arts and knowing exactly what it is to bring this emotional connection, I think that's really going to revolutionize digital drips and help it make an impact on the industry. So it's amazing. And I can't wait to see how it all goes for you. So where can people learn more about digital drips? Yes, absolutely. So our Instagram is at dripping digitally our website that is being remade right now is drippingdigitally.com and then our twitter is dripping digital and our youtube is also 
Dripping Digital, or you can just search Digital Drip, I think, on YouTube. Amazing. I'll add them all in the show notes so then everyone will have them. But it's so it's so amazing. And yeah, I love how you're merging the physical and digital. I love the performing arts element. I think it's all really cool. And yeah, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your knowledge. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.